This is the Fox Motorsports Supercars Podcast with your host, the Pit Lane Rogue. Welcome to the post-Sydney Supernight 300 Fox Motorsports Supercar Podcast. Joined today by the Victorian combination, Will Dale from foxsports.com.au. Afternoon, Will. Hello. Thank you. Hello, hello. And, of course, our regular contributor, Mr. David Reynolds from Erebus Motorsport. Davey, always good to speak Thanks, to you. Boy. Thanks, I wouldn't say I'm a contributor. Oh, you contribute lots. You make no, us sound... No, well, you, you make us no. sound better. You give us you give us credibility. There you go. That's what I was going for. <laughs> um, so, the, so what do you reckon? Well, Sydney races all right, was it, or what? Well, this what is this is exactly my first point. Is the let's talk about the the Sydney night race. We've been it's been mooted. You know, we've been speaking about on that this on the podcast for the last year. Finally, it comes to fruition. Um, I was there. Will you were a viewer at home, Dave? You're involved in it. What are, what are your two thoughts, mate? I actually didn't think it was that bad. Like I, I don't. I'm not really a spectator, and I'm. You know, spectators pay for the, or you know, people who watch it pay for the privilege to watch it. But, but from a driver's point of view, it was actually a lot of fun. It was very, very different. Um, it threw up a bit of another element, just like rain, wind, hail, whatever. Nighttime's a bit of another element we have to mm-hmm. think about. Um, but you know, my, I thought it was going to be either really light or really dark, not half and half. It was kind of half and half out there. It was kind of light and dark, and. The last time we did a night race, full night races at Abu Dhabi, and it was like it was just daylight around the track. You wouldn't even know that it was, you know, ten o'clock at night. And I was kind of expecting that sort of atmosphere again, but this was more, you know, half light here, a bit of darkness between the straight. And as a, if I was like a, you know, if I was watching on TV, which I haven't yet because I didn't do very well. I don't really watch, I don't watch the races I do shit in. So that's fair. That's fair. But, yeah, fair enough. Um, if I was watching on TV, you know, maybe you couldn't see or recognise the cars as well as you normally would be able to. I know it's dark, but... Mm. I, th- I think might, the... might, You know what I mean? I'm trying to yeah. say that if they had a few more lights, it might have made the show a little bit better. Well, I, th- I think the idea was to kind of not make well, it look great. like Abu Dhabi because they wanted the the, the vibe of... You know, that, that old call to throwback where there was parts of the track that was lit, but so you could see flames and the disc brakes glow and all sorts of stuff. So you kind of need a little yeah. bit of darkness to, to get that out for that speed. Yeah, they, definitely, they definitely, they definitely tick that box. Like from a, from sitting on the couch at home watching the telecast, you knew it was a night race. And mm. like, I'd, yeah, there were dark spots from a spectator at home's perspective, but not to the point where it was hard to pick out who was who. Um, and again, like it's a night race. Like it's it was better than trying to watch. It was it was like a half halfway between Le Mans 24 hour where you can't see any of the cars and you're restricted to onboards. And <laughs> which one? But you're still watching. Like you, sorry. But you're still watching it mid mm. you know, pitch black at dark. Oh, of course. That's cool. Yeah. And you have to because you know when you wake up in, in Australia, that's what that's all you've got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's on. But night, our, but, our race was probably a little bit too long for that like maybe they need to still have two races over the weekend or the week or that day mm-hmm. condense it down into maybe an like an afternoon dusk race and then um and then a nighttime race would you agree yeah that'd be cool like yeah an afternoon so it starts off in the daytime and then suddenly the lights come up and the you know, cars descend into darkness and then you have a full dark yeah, race yeah oh i was uh you know as a spectator 
there. Um, surprised at, or glad that some of the teams kind of got it bought into the whole nighttime thing. You know, I mean, Hazelwood had the lights around the grill, and you know, a few of the teams had some lights under the car, all that sort of stuff, just to add a little bit <laughs> the of flair to it. Neons, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Hazelwood did something for the crowd. He took off his rear ring and tried to go through turn one. <laughs> <laughs> that that was quite a spin. That was that was like um as a as a spectacle. Like I haven't been there. I've been there for you know ten years or something. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen the grandstand chock a block full. Yeah, and that was the first mm. time that I can even remember being at full. Which is so whatever they've done has worked. It did a really good job. Yeah, and like I know people who aren't necessarily motorsport fans who went and would come back. So I think that's the that's one of the best recommendations that you get that that people are willing to come back and and spend their money yeah. on something that they're not certainly au fait with. So yeah, and well, that, that, that puts it into big bash territory. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. ultimately what what the aim of all this was. Because I mean the big bash attracts an audience that you wouldn't that would not necessarily go to a one day or certainly not a test match. But it's that crossover audience where okay, it's you wouldn't roll up to Winton on Friday. But, you know, if you can head out on a Saturday night with the kids in the, or with the family, watch some cars under lights, watch a bit of Crash and Bash, off we go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, and the, the back of, the, sorry, the back of pit lane was just littered with people the whole night. Mm. Oh, wow. Unbelievable, yeah. It was always like four or five people deep the whole way out of pit lane. Well, though, I think that there was a lot of people there queued to see uh, both CL and yourself, Davey, so... You know, it was good to, Not to... me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they were there for you. Um, no, doubt it. How, how was the? How did you find the vibe around the place? I mean, I found it. Like, I felt that the place was really like that. The SMP was kind of buzzing for the first time since I can remember. You know, even like through the years, you know, oh two, oh three, oh four. Um, you know, it's kind of had one of those vibes. You could feel that everyone was kind of excited about being there, and you know, yeah, definitely, it had the sort of Marbo vibe. <laughs> Serenity, the Marbo, yeah. and everything. Yeah. It actually was a really uh, good feeling. Mm. It actually, I, it was probably the best Sydney race that I've had in a long time there. Not my performance-wise, but feeling. You know, it was it was packed full of people. There was a lot of action going on. Um, a lot of different categories, fireworks. The, you know, the introduction was crazy. Yep. It was very, very different than what we're used to. So, uh, you know, it was, it's. It was good. I, I, I really liked it. I think they need to do more stuff like it. Mm. Yeah, but they could they could target some of the more boring arounds, like we go to um, Queensland Raceway, that, and that would probably be easy easier to light. Yep. Um, they could do way more cool stuff like that. So yeah, um, you know, we we don't need to go full night race, like full championship. They could probably do two or three rounds a year that are night time and and make it a really good spectacle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I... I remember chatting to a couple of people, and I I think that QR would be awesome to like. It's not that big an area, and everything's in front of you. But um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it would spice it up a little bit. I don't know. Kind of be good. Darwin good would be good also. Season. Yeah. Darwin would be sick. Darwin would be mad. Yeah. But I actually like Darwin during the day. It's got a that's got a same sort of vibe. Yep. So. How, how did you find the, the driver's entrances, Dave? I know that there was a little bit... You copped a little bit of flack because you were, they put some pressure on you to do something and, you know, you said, oh, I stuffed it up because I didn't do anything, but whatever. But how did you find that, that whole that whole thing? Uh, yeah, it was very it was very different, a lot different than what we're used to doing. But, yep. uh, yeah, they all wanted me to do something stupid, but, you know, I wanted to roll it there naked and they said don't. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so that kind of ruined all my ideas. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the... I should have just, gave you, you, should just gave you a beige sock, Dave. I wanted to roll it, roll it with a blow-up doll hand in hand, but <laughs> no, I don't know. So they... It seemed a bit too serious for me. Like, at the start of the race, man, you're not really, you're not really concentrating on being a loose cannon. You're yep. actually concentrating on the race, and that's where I become a little bit serious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, but yeah, like, Rick Kelly drove, rode a little monkey bike out. Um, yeah. Everyone else was kind of boring. Uh, Scotty Mack did the floss with the, with the, the kid, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. Scotty Pye had a go. I don't know what it was he did, but he had a go. <laughs> he did something. He turned up. Like, not, like, it wasn't really. It was kind of, everyone else was kind of average. Yeah. Really. Rick did something cool. He brought a prop, rode a bike out cool, ticked the box. Yep. Everyone else. I guess it's well, the, I really. it's the first go, so I guess you kind of, you know, if they do it more often, you kind of get more into the swing of it knowing what it is, maybe. Yeah. Well, I had no idea what it was and what we are doing, so I... Yep. And I can't plan for things. They have to spur at the moment. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you look at what um, NASCAR does in the States where, like, for the Bristol Night Race, each driver gets to pick what song they walk out to. Now, yeah. Obviously, there'd be music rights and all sorts of things you'd have to wade through for that. But that would be a cool addition for next year's event. I mean, what, like, what would you walk out to, Dave? Walk out song? Yeah. Oh, what do you go with? Beers? Something like really, really shit and left the field. <laughs> like, or the, something like the Seekers or Abba. I don't know. Just cows with guns. <laughs> hey? Cows with guns. Just something funny. <laughs> I could see you on a kid's train on coming out to Seekers. What is it? Morningtown Ride or whatever it is. Oh. Mm. But they need Bruce Buffer doing the intros. <laughs> there you go. He's got the best intro voice ever. Yep. Uh well, there you go. So let, let's let's talk about the the race for a little bit. It was really early. I mean, Scotty Mack again ticked it ticked another box with the, that pole position. But then, kind of Ripple kind of flexed their muscles a little bit after the after that Hazelwood safety car, and then um, you know having the tyres four laps uh, fresher will just storm through to the to take P one and P two. Well, like, um, he did, he had a seven-second lead until that last safety car. Obviously, they probably fitted a little bit earlier than they'd liked, well, mm. than they probably should have, in hindsight. Um, but, like, there wasn't, from my own personal take, I haven't really watched the race, but there wasn't a lot going on until that safety car. Am yeah. I right? Yeah. Correct. There was, uh, there was a lot of um, complaining some drivers were doing over the radio, as well as to just how boring the race was. Like, repeated yeah. complaints. Anyone that you want to name and shame there, Will? We'll save it for radio days. Okay, cool. Right. Well, tell me. I don't know. Well, it, was, it, it may have been one of the, the Red Bull drivers who may have uh, come through to P1. <laughs> <laughs> he was right, though. Like, that end of the race where everyone was conserving tyres, like, if it, was, if it wasn't much fun for the people behind the wheel, it wasn't... It was a slow burner of a race. Mm. It was building to something, and then the safety car catalyzed all that. Yeah. But high-deg tracks generally do that as well. Mm. You know, high-deg tracks create, like, gaps, big gaps between all the, all the cars, um, makes it kind of hard to pass, and everyone kind of rolls the same strategy. You know, you can undercut one or two cars, but then you get undercut it again in a long race. So mm. it kind of wasn't, probably wasn't much going on. 
But like to be honest, like Fabian did a good job in qualifying, he qualified on the front row, um, trying to help Scott with his championship. And then I'm not sure what happened to him, but he where did he finish? Uh, he was ooh, down the order eleventh, tenth or something. Eleventh, yeah. I don't know he what had, happened to him. He had trouble in the in the early stages. He had trouble getting his tyres up to pressure, so he was yeah, skating around yeah. in and the early he, laps. And he buckled his wheel. Yeah, really. On the, that yeah. was the last stint, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, his wheel was really, like super buckled. And then McLaughlin. <laughs> yeah, and then after that safety car, McLaughlin picked up a little bit of rubber on the road and. Um, that basically screwed his chances with the with his tyre because the, there was too much pickup yeah. on there. So that that happens for all the cars, you know, because um, the soft tyre shreds so much, mm-hmm. and you get a big build up in your actual front splitter, the front part of it, and it it must just accumulate so much rubber in there. But it, you go over a bump, and then it goes, it gets stuck on your wheel, and you feel like you've got a flat tyre for a couple of corners. It's so bizarre. You think like. Your race is over, it's all gone, you're never coming back again. You've got to come into the pits and put another tyre on, and then three corners later it's fine again. It's the weirdest thing ever. And we've, we've, uh, we've tried to run some, like, mesh there. Mm-hmm. That's when allow it stop that happening. So, yeah, there's things we, pro- we probably could do as a category better. Yeah, there was... I Putting together... Li- oh, sorry, listening to some of the team radio, I think Fabian mentioned something about the, the mesh as well. The, the mesh, yeah. the, they hadn't put it on or something, so... Well, you're not allowed to, so... Yeah. Um, so if they're running it, it's probably illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure whether they... Well, yeah, anyway, I can't remember the conversation. I, mean, I remember, I do remember them talking about mesh, so... Okay. Yeah. Whether they... Probably, probably wants it on, but he's not allowed to. Probably, yeah. Probably. Um, this... Walkinshaw had... Two double failures. Oh, let's Probably talk the same thing. That was pretty bad. Yeah, let's talk about that. The double double wishbone failures. Um, at, at the time, they both thought it was a as a tire, but flat tire. Yeah. yeah, but I think they're running. They were testing some new uprights on the weekend. I have a feeling that's what had failed on both cars because they were both similar within you know a couple laps of each other. Yeah, it was. It was very very quickly and not very far apart, wasn't it? No. It was. Mm. I thought, like, uh, Courtney did his in front of me, and I thought he popped a tyre yep. by the look of it. And then I never saw him again. And then on the big screen, I saw him talking to the camera, and I was like, oh, he's, he's out of the car. It's <laughs> <laughs> a shame, because they, they were having a, both having a pretty decent decent run and would have been well inside the top ten. Had yeah, they've been, both been for that. Both had pace. I think they both qualified in the ten, or Courtney was, like, 11th, and Scott was 7th or something, mm. so... Yeah, or something, something like, like that. Yeah, they had pace, so they seem to have an uphill, an uphill performance turn. Yeah, well, hopefully if they get this, this upright problem, hopefully uh, sorted for for the next round, hopefully it means they can kind of come back into it and play with everyone else. Because, you know, we all want to see them back to, towards the front, but, you know, battling with um, with you guys and uh, with, you know, Triple Eight and with DJ Team Penske as well. Yeah. Well, we need to pick up our socks after the last round. We didn't do a brilliant job. Well, yeah, that was the next thing I was going to talk about. Is you used to have you're known for this year for having your blinding starts, and you didn't get such a good one. I've got terrible. Like the last three, I've been the worst starts I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I've won like <laughs> four spots or five spots at the start, which kind of ruins your race from the start. 
but yeah, I don't know what's going on. We need to look at the clutch and find out what's going on because something's changed. And the, the field's not there at the start line, and I just get horrible starts. It's, have you changed any like component? Or is, how often do you change the clutches? Is it every uh, race, every weekend? No, no. Like they take it out and re reshim it and measure it and everything and reset all the heights and stuff. But something must have a sticking slave cylinder or something. Could be something really minor like that. Or uh, yeah, hose has gone funny. Mate, it could be anything. We're gonna have, we're gonna overhaul it and have a decent decent look at it. Yeah. So, like that kind of sets up your race, you know. My last, I've had reasonable pace, but unable to have enough pace to pass people. Got stuck on Rick Kelly again. Said <laughs> <It's an> old Rico. <laughs> He's the modern day John Bauer. Um. <laughs> so yeah, like I had enough pace to pass, but not. Sorry, I had enough pace that I would have beaten him, like on time-wise, but not enough pace to pass him. So when you get bad starts, that just it sort of ruins your day or ruins the start of it. And, but it's hard to come back if you don't have, you know, seconds or that quicker. Mm. I must, I must say, I am enjoying the the battle between the, the high stakes battle between McLaughlin and and Ving Gisberg and these two um, strong Kiwis. You know, even though they are Kiwis, but the but the two of them kind <laughs> of, uh, you know, really gloves off taking it to to each other. And the the fight, you know, I mean, the gap has has narrowed between the two of them. Um, Mm. It's a big swing because it's a yeah. big, you know, the 300 points, there's a big um, big swing between second and third. Yeah. And, yeah, it's going to it's gonna come down to the wire again, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, which is which is good. I mean, should, I mean, did uh, there was a lot of people complaining online that Van, Gis, Van Gisbergen was playing dirty by continually tapping McLaughlin, but I just saw it that was hard and, and fair racing. Will, what do you reckon? It's, it's touring car racing at the end of the day. You've got a bumper, you've got guards... You're gonna use them, like it's a, it's it's also the night race. It's also a night race. The first night race in 21 years. Everyone wanted to win it. Yep. 300 points are on the line for the win, and these are the two guys that, at the end of the day, as we've said, are battling for the championship. So that swing of points is going to be pivotal. Like Van Gisbergen needs to keep beating McLaughlin, mm-hmm. and McLaughlin equally keeps need to be keeps needing to beat Van Gisbergen. So. No, I, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it at all. And if if it had gone over the line and and Van Gisbergen had fenced Scotty, then yeah, okay, that that I think that would have been a fair cause for upset. But no, nah, like he never he never did anything intention like that appeared to be intentional or overly forceful. It was all like Robbins racing. Mm-hmm. So it, and that's ultimately what we wanted for a spectacle out of this. Yeah. So I, I don't understand why anyone would be. I don't understand why anyone impartial that wasn't a big DJR Team Penske fan, I could understand those guys being upset, but anyone impartial just would have been sitting back and watching a good motor race, I reckon. Well, so, and Scott didn't complain over the radio about it at all, so, you know. There you go. He, 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 saw he, he was busy at the time. <laughs> sure, sure. But, he, you know, you know it, it was hard and fair, and it, was, and it, it made a good spectacle under lights for, for the viewer, so I say have at it. Um, is 300 points too much for the night race? Probably. I reckon it is because, you know, it's got the same amount of points as Bathurst. Bathurst yep. is a much bigger, bigger day. Mm-hmm. Um, same points as Sandown. Even though Sandown's not even half Bathurst. It is in kilometres, but not as a spectacle. So, like, like I said, they should they could have one race, make it 200 points or something, or have yep. two races, 
you know, equal to 300 points over the over the day. You know, there's, there's heaps of stuff they can they can play with the format and adjust it to how they want to, you know, to make it fit better. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I don't think there's anything wrong with 300 points being allocated over the weekend. Because if it's if it's stuck with a one race format, all of a sudden you've got one one weekend that's worth less than every other weekend in the championship, which yeah. then gets a bit weird. But yeah, I agree totally. But as as good as it was for a first outing, I I don't think 300 Ks is the right format. It's, for all the reasons that we've talked right. about, like yep. uh, on a circuit where there's high tire degradation, everyone runs conservatively. You don't want to see that. You want ever you want to see everyone giving it ten tenths the whole way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and, as, and as a driver at the start of the race, you're like, oh, it's a, it's a really long race. I won't take this risk. We'll try and we'll, we'll try and pass him in the pits. Save yep. some fuel, pass him in the pits. Even though that's boring. That's, that's how you think these days, because you don't. It's really risky going down the inside of someone, especially at night time. <laughs> um, you know, they can turn into your contact. You, you, you're not in. You're out of the racing, lose your points. It's, you know, it's a big chunk, huge chunk. And also, how was that, Dave, in terms of running, running close in close proximity to other cars, with it sort of being half light, half dark? Yeah, well, it actually wasn't too bad. <clears throat> you know, all the cars were made. So all the cars were made to run with their lights on, so that kind of made it a lot easier um, to see where one was behind you. But um, it actually wasn't too bad. Like it was a lot more easier than I thought. It, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Okay. And what about the the lengthwise? I mean, it's really the longest single. Sorry, it is the longest single driver race that we do. So, Dave, yeah. how was the how how were you feeling after it? Because I think McLaughlin got out of the car and he was completely buggered. Yeah, I was, I was pretty spent, man. Like, you know, even though the day, even though the race was, it started at seven thirty and finished at ten or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still at the track at you know eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning. Like, it's still we've still got signing sessions at nine o'clock in the morning. Like, it's just a long, long day. Even for all the spectators to turn up, you know, there was hordes of people lining up the gate to get in at nine o'clock or o'clock or whenever they open the gates. Yep. It's just an exceptionally long day for all the fans. Mm. They could they could probably condense it and make it um, a much much better spectacle. The, the fans come there with all their kids' families or whatnot, and the kids aren't completely buggered at the end of the day. Like there was, I saw a lot of kids there on the weekend, mm-hmm. and you know they, um, you know, I got to commend them. There was you know six seven year old kids that were staying up till ten ten thirty eleven o'clock, and you know try I don't know whether they slept during the race or what, but it's, it's just too long for families, I think. Well, we go from, we go from the, the new Super Night to the new Tail and Bend circuit for the first time ever. Um, Dave, you've driven there. What, what can people expect from, uh, from the Tail and circuit? Um, yeah, Tail I'm the current lap record holder, I think. There we go. So, hey! Check me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, I actually really, really, really loved it. I thought it was a fantastically um, designed track. It was. It had everything, you know, fast corners, slow corners, bit undulation. Uh, had a triple right, triple right hander out the back that was super fast. Um, good surface, you know, you know the Bathurst like style um, grade surface. But there's a lot of grip out there. The curves weren't very big. Mate, it's it's going to be an unbelievable track to race. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, the facilities are world class. The pit lane garage is at eight. 
Um, there's a hotel there. <laughs> the only downside is it's, it's kind of in, in a nowhere sort of bill at the mm-hmm. minute. Like, you know, Tailand Bend, it's not really much there. It's just a one-horse town type thing. Um, but it's it, it's got potential to be something really big and as it's probably the best track we're going to go to all year besides Bathurst. Wow. Okay. I, I think so. Cool. That's quite a glowing recommendation. I think I think it will be. I think so, it will create good racing. So going there for the first time, um, does it suit people like yourself that have, that know the layout and know the the circuit and kind of know a little bit what to expect, or does it really not matter when you go to a to a new circuit if you've driven on it or not? Oh, you know, it it, it kind of gives us a little bit of an advantage. There's, there's myself, Ben Gisberg, and Tanda who have been there. Who else has been there? Uh, Wing Cup did a. Oh, Wing Cup. Yeah. He's done a couple of laps in a. He was in the GT car, yeah. Yep. So I've, I've done a decent race there, so I know the track pretty well. Um, it kind of helps you out, but only for a couple of laps. And the drivers are back with these days that you know they can turn up to a track and learn it within you know, five or six laps, and they're on top of it. So it's back to square one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Well, um, Will, who do you, who, who's your tip apart from uh, from Davey, who's going to take the uh, take the chocolates at Talem? Of course, well, in that case, the um, my tip for second place is, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's got to probably be Scott McLaughlin. I mean, they've, what they've always been good at in these past couple of years is rolling out to a circuit, having the car in the window, regardless of whether it's a new circuit, new combination, new parts, whatever, and going bang and being on the pace. So I think they would be very, very prepared. So that's where my tip is. And Scotty needs needs a round where he finishes ahead of Shane. So yep. he'll be keen for that. And Dave, what are you what are you what are you doing between rounds to make the car betterer? Betterer, good yep. word. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, we're just gonna have a bit of a rethink of our uh, I suppose direction we're gonna head in. Um, have an engineering meeting and just talk ideas and see what we can come about. Mm-hmm. Six months start, because they were terrible. But I should, I'll probably just get to start one. Track service is good. I'm generally really good at it when the track service is good. But, mate, just, just um, crossing, crossing all the T's, dotting our I's, getting all the little half centers back, and um, going for gold. Cool. So will you guys have another test day before the Enduros? Uh, well, we've got a rookie day coming up. Yep. And we do have an all-in full test day. We still haven't had a test day yet with my car this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the calendar oh, yeah. hasn't really allowed it. It's been too full on. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're looking looking forward to that. That will be before fan down. Awesome. Well, the points difference is 89 points between McLaughlin and Van Gisbergen. It's really... Uh, Van Gisbergen really taking a chunk out. It's and, almost half, hasn't it? it yeah. Like yeah. Mm. And in the team's championship, Red Bull Holden Racing Team lead Shell V Power. There's a swing there, and they lead by 261 points. So that's uh, that's uh, big news. And, Will, what's the Friday big question for this week? The Friday poll question? The, yep. The funny thing is we've kind of addressed it all, because the question, the question that will go out on the website on Friday morning will be how many supercar races do you think should be on the schedule, whether Good it's question. zero or one or... Oh, thanks, <laughs> uh, zero. No. Zero. 
yeah. Whether it's zero, one, two to three, or more than four. Yeah, it's I'd, a good topic of conversation. It is. I'd like to see... You know, I, I would like to see Sydney stay as the singular night race if we do it again. I know, I think adding too many more kind of takes away the spectacle of and the difference of it. Yes, yep, good point. Yeah. yeah. So... But with less points and less laps. Sure. Less points, less laps. But overall, well, what, do you, what do you think? You, you agreed or do you think they should do more? No, I, I completely agree. I think I think have one really good night race, do it right, make it a showcase event because it, we, when you think of what Sydney Motorsport Park was as a round prior to this, it was the one round in Sydney and that was basically the only special thing about it. This has yep. made it a special showcase event and uh, I don't think we need to dilute that. Excellent. Couldn't put it better myself. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening for the, the podcast for this week. We will be back after the brand-new Tail and Bend circuit in a couple of weeks' time. See you then.